So hey friends and welcome to episode 140 of Self Kind with me Erica Webb. I am so happy to have you with me today and we're going to be diving into a conversation around and it's a conversation that you know I'm imagining you're having with me so <laughs> as always I'd love to hear from you um, but I'm going to be talking a little bit about self-trust and the way that that can kind of play out on the yoga mat or in our movement practice and a couple of different forms of self-trust as well that we can explore. So stay tuned for all of that right after this. Hi, and welcome to Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. This is a podcast about what it means to be, live and move through a lens of self-kindness. We'll look at the ways self-kindness can underpin our practices in movement, mindfulness and mindset to support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's get into the show. you're doing really well. It is episode 140. And today as I'm sitting down to record this podcast, it's been a really like back-to-back day. I try not to have days like this where I've got sort of just one thing banked up after the other. Um because I really I really appreciate space actually. I'm I'm coming to realize that more and more. Um and I've left recording this until kind of late in the day for me, which is not my freshest time, I will be honest. Um, but I, I wanted to kind of do this as like a little side note before we dive into the sort of meat of this episode. Um, you know, so often one of the questions that I get asked probably the most is like, okay, I love the idea of the self-kindness stuff, but what does it look like in practice? Like, how do I actually do it? And I realized today, and I, and I realize this often, I guess, through as I sort of go through my day, all these little places where I play with self-kindness. And today I had the opportunity to play with that. Because I notice that, you know, there is this kind of self-talk that happens when I've ended up having a day like I have. Now, it's been a really good day. Everything that I had back to back was wonderful. It was like podcast interviews and uh, conversations with friends and um, work that I love doing. So it wasn't like a negative thing. But I noticed that at the end of the day, I feel very, very like worn out. I feel really far more tired than I would like to. And there is this self-talk that can pop up of like, you know, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't like you're, you're kind of stupid for having set your day up like that. Like you set yourself up for failure. You set yourself up for X, Y, Z. And that can happen really automatically, right? In my brain, that's kind of like where my brain wants to take me automatically. But what I've noticed though, has become more of my default. And this is over, you know, really truly years of practicing is I notice you know, hey, what's the other opportunity here? Like in terms of offering myself compassion, offering myself like kindness, obviously, kind words, but also recognizing the kindness in reflection. And what I mean by that is that, you know, at the end of the day today, I can be like, wow, like I I don't love that sense of busyness. I don't love having quite so many things packed into one day. And having that reaffirmed for me to be like, yeah, actually, I definitely don't want to do this to myself on a regular basis, right? So it flips it to not like, why did you do that? But hey, notice how this feels. This doesn't feel how you want to feel. This doesn't actually lead to what you want. So having the self-compassion and noticing that, but then also being like, great, this is really good, useful reflection, because now I know that I can, you know, do X, Y, Z. So for me, it's like blocking more time out of my calendar so that 
you know, it just can't be booked, for instance, um, because that is ultimately what I want, right? Purely because I like the way that that makes me feel. And so for me, that's like a self-kind reflection. So that's kind of like a little side note, um, a little entree, if you will, to what we're going to talk about. But um, hopefully that's helpful. I, I want to try and sprinkle in as many examples as I can, because I think that that's really where, you know, for a cliche term, like that's where the rubber meets the road in terms of all of this can be very intellectual otherwise. And we, we don't kind of know necessarily how to like put it into practice. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, but what I wanted to talk about today was specifically self-trust. And this ties in with that kind of entree of sorts, because really what these little moments do for us is, is lead us towards more self-trust. They are evidence on this road of, of building self-trust. And one of the things that I've been thinking about a little bit lately in terms of self-trust is that their self-trust is kind of built up of multiple things. So this week inside the Self-Kind Hub, we had our monthly masterclass and we were talking about specifically a um, cat pose and we broke down cat pose into like common blind spots, why we might want to do it, ways we might modify it to get what we need etc, etc. And in a kind of roundabout way that ended up leading to a conversation around trusting our body and specifically how we learn to trust our body after we feel like it's betrayed us or let us down. So maybe we've had an injury or we've had um, chronic pain or we've had something that has led us to believe that our body is kind of like not to be trusted. And I think that there's two pieces to this and I, and I'm still kind of toying with this um, differenti- different differentiation, this distinction, that's the one, um, between the trust that we have in our body. So like our physical body, do we trust its capacity to move us through the world uh, comfortably and with, with ease and capacity and, and um, in a way that just we feel capable, right? As well as do we trust ourselves? ourselves to read and respond to our body's needs. And I think they're different things, but I think they're very much connected. And so we might have a situation where we've had, so I'm going to use the example of like the time that I hurt my back unstacking the dishwasher. Like it's very common. And that's when I really, really did a number on myself and was in a lot of pain. And all I did was bend over to take a dish out of the dishwasher, stood up and bam, I just, I, I did what they call, called at the time. I'm not sure if they still do, sprained my back where the muscles just kind of spasmed and seized and, and I was in a lot of pain. Um, anyway, you might have a similar story. Maybe it's that, maybe it's something else, right? Where we've had this instance where our body does something that we didn't expect. And then it's like, how do we regain that trust? And I do really think that there's two parts to this. There's the do I trust my body? How do I learn to trust my body again and its capacity? But also how do I learn to trust my ability to know what it is that I and my body, because we can't really differentiate these two things, right? Like we are our body. Um, but sometimes we, we really do kind of disembody ourselves from the physical parts of ourselves. So do we trust ourselves to read the signals of our body and do what we need to do in response to keep ourselves feeling good or to feel as good as we possibly can? And I really think that they are two similar but different things, issues, challenges. And so 
this is a really big topic and I, and I really think we're going to just kind of like skim along the surface of it today. Um, but maybe it's something that we can come back to and, and build upon. But I wanted to talk a little bit about how we start to build that trust back up. Um, because I think, I, I, I do really think that this is a big part of a mindful movement practice. Um, we go to the mat to learn and, and this isn't necessarily our conscious intention, I don't think, but I think that ultimately what we do by going to the mat and moving mindfully is we learn to both trust our body again and to trust ourselves to be in relationship with our body. And I do really think that those are two kind of distinct things. So how do we actually do the trust building then? And the, like the short answer is we do it in small bites like we do anything, right? Everything really ultimately is in these small little pieces. And trust building is in the small pieces of evidence that we collect through doing the thing, doing the movements. So um, I like to think about this relationship building, this trust building very much in, in, the, in that kind of frame of collecting evidence, right? So as we move through the world, our brain is collecting evidence all the time. We're like, we're picking up things um, that seem to be important and we are, you know, analyzing and making decisions about, about what they mean. And we're acting in response to that. Sometimes that's very conscious. A lot of the time that's very subconscious and unconscious. And that is what is happening with movement as well. And so our brain is kind of like, picking up information both about how we move through the world as well as, you know, subconscious fears, conscious fears, memories of things that have happened in the past, like that time you, you know, tried to unstack the dishwasher and ended up flat on the floor, unable to move for a few hours. Um, how much we ate the day before, how much sleep we've had this week, uh, you know, how much stress is on our system from various different places. And so, that evidence collecting is happening whether we think it is or not, like whether we're conscious of that or not. And so what we're doing through a mindful movement practice is we're starting to be more intentional about the evidence that is being collected. Some of it we can't impact, right? Like you can't suddenly, um, you know, necessarily change some of those like more um, internal chemical kind of things that your body and, and brain are, are processing and figuring out because we don't have access to that information. Um, but we can start to be like, hey, brain and body, I'm going to intentionally move through this physical range with control, with attention, with intention. And our our system is going to pick up, hey, yeah, she did that. She moved through that without pain, uh, with control, with attention with intention and we're gathering evidence of both what our body is capable of and we are building the trust in ourselves to say hey you know I did this thing and this was the outcome it felt good or I didn't you know I I felt confident or, or whatever the case may be and so we're collecting these tiny little pieces of evidence through movement and through uh, a 
actually, I don't think I've said this yet. We're, we're collecting the pieces of evidence through movement, but then we're also collecting evidence when we just simply choose to show up for ourselves. So this self-trust and this building trust in our body, again, kind of like there's multiple ways we can come at this. So we're creating evidence through movement, right? Paying attention, being in intention, showing up to move our body as well as we can, right? Kind of like that's what the poses are, right? Like that's what the the prescribed movements are. Uh, And I say prescribed very loosely because they're all invitations, but um, that's what those movements are intended to do, right? To move us through a range of movement that um, provides evidence to our, our body and our brain of what we're capable of. But then also we're providing evidence simply by choosing to show up. That is where we're also building self-trust in creating the space to be able to notice and become aware of what we're feeling and then to do something and then again notice how does my body respond? How do I feel? And hey, I showed up for this thing. I showed up to do this one minute, five minutes, 30 minutes, 60 minutes of movement practice as an act of kindness towards myself. And I am doing that as an act of kindness, but it's also providing a piece of evidence in the grand puzzle that is my life um, that points in the direction of self-trust. And so we can kind of think of this self-trust, uh, pro, you know, uh, mission, <laughs> for want of a better word. I told you I was a little tired coming in at this at late, late in the day. Um, but we can kind of think of this, this uh, intention to build self-trust as very much happening in the small moments. Um, we can lose trust very quickly, right? Like in that moment of unstacking the dishwasher, I, trust, I trusted my body the moment before. I did not trust my body the moment after. We, I lost that trust very rapidly. And I think that this can happen in lots of different ways. You know, the the example that you're using in your mind might be similar or kind of different, but, uh, you know, maybe it was a slow erosion of trust where you, you know, just started to to kind of be like, hmm, I'm losing the ability to do X, Y, Z. And it kind of felt like a, a slower erosion, or maybe it felt very immediate, you know, um, getting sick or or having some sort of injury that happened very immediately. Um, but I think the, the process of building trust happens in the small moments and they are cumulative, um, and they happen in the quiet moments. You know, there's no fanfare. I don't think in the process of building trust, we have to be our own, um, we have to be our own fanfare. We have to be our own, uh, cheerleaders in this process. Um, but I, I do really like that way of thinking about it as being like, evidence collectors. We are collecting evidence. And when we choose to intervene with kindness in that, you know, potentially automatically negative response that our brain wants to um, impose, we're, we're, you know, we're collecting another piece of evidence of our ability to be self-kind, of our ability to be responsive and of our ability to show up for ourselves. And then through the movement itself, we are proving what we have the capacity to do, right? So there's these two ways of kind of coming at this this, this idea of self-trust and they are different. So 
There was a little pause there. You probably didn't notice it, but I did. Uh, I had to go and answer the door. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to kind of wrap it up there because I think, I hope, that that sort of just lays the foundation for a conversation about self-trust that we can perhaps build upon in the future. Um, but, yeah, that differentiation, I guess, between trusting our body and trusting uh, ourselves to know how to be in relationship with our body, I think, are really interesting to ponder. I, I certainly find them to be so. Um, and I'd love to know from you if you do distinguish between those two. I don't think I did until just recently. Like, I think this is something um, and perhaps that's evident in the way that I'm talking about it, that I'm kind of like still toying with that idea, but it really rings true to me as I think about it. And I'd, um, I'd love to know what you think about that. I'd love to know, you know, where is the challenge for you? Um, is it in the, you know, trusting your body? Is it in your ability to be in relationship with that and to be responsive and, and curious about what it is that your body needs? Or is it something else? You know, is there a third or a fourth or a fifth um, kind of idea that I've missed here? I'd love to know what you think. So you can come over and find me on Instagram at Erica Webb underscore selfkind. I have to think about that for a second. Um, or, you know, come and find me on the website, send me an email, Erica at Erica Webb com.au. I would love to hear from you. Um, I mentioned on the last podcast episode, maybe I didn't, I don't know, I'm losing all, all track of time, but um, the doors to the self-kind hub are open and um, I would love to invite you to join us inside. Um, as I mentioned before, we, we just recently had our masterclass for the month of February and we've got some really awesome stuff coming up actually. For March, we are having a masterclass with the wonderful Claire Netley, who has been on the podcast, not once, but twice. Um, Claire is a boundaries coach and this masterclass is going to be all about boundaries. And um, I think it's going to be really I mean, I know it's going to be wonderful. I think it's going to be really interesting in terms of how we apply those boundaries to our self-kindness and self-care practices. Um, so if that is of interest to you, that is for members inside the Self-Kind Hub. Um, as I mentioned, the doors are open. We also have our masterclass coming up in April, which is going to be all about feet which is like one of my favorite topics, one that I haven't talked an awful lot about actually on the podcast, but it's one of my favorite um, parts of the body in terms of movement. And we're going to be doing a masterclass all about that. All of our April class release is going to be around the feet and um, foot sort of strength and care. Um, and our March class release is a bit of a mixed bag. We're doing a little bit of un unchairing our hips. We're doing a little bit of um, rib cage love uh, and a few other bits and pieces. So there's always lots of stuff going on in the self-kind. And so if you are looking for support to move your body well and to move your body with kindness and to explore some of the stuff that we talk about here on the podcast um, on the mat and off, um, you know, come and check us out over at the Self-Kind Hub. You'll find more information at ericawebyoga.com.au forward slash self-kind hub. Um, all the details are there. The goal really is to, to support you to set up a practice that you do, um, you know, in your home and that can work around your unique needs. Um, but all while having access to me to, you know, ask questions, um, to get, you know, the accountability that you, that you want to need. Um, and, you know, to really, have the the resources, I guess, there to 
uh, be in response to your body and, and to your, to you um, through that lens of self-kindness. So come on over and check out the Self-Kind Hub. And if you've got questions, I'm here for them. So you can come over and find me uh, and ask all your questions over on Instagram in the DMs or send me an email. All right, all the links that you need for all of that are in the show notes. I would love to hear your kind of thoughts, takeaways, questions from this episode. And I will be back back next week with a guest. And I can't wait to share that with you. Keep being kind to yourself. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Self Kind. If you loved it, why not share it? And while you're there, take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. I'd love you to come hang out with me more too. You'll find me over on Instagram at ericaweb underscore selfkind. And you can sign up for my e-newsletter by heading to my website, ericaweb.com.au. While you're there, you can also read up more about the Self Kind Hub and other ways of working with me. Until next time, keep being kind to yourself. Bye. Bye.